0: Greetings program, hello, and welcome to Tronologically Speaking, a movie by minute podcast talking about Disney's 1982 movie Tron. This is Minute 23, I'm your host, Duncan Shields, and with me today is my victorious, humble, returning champion guest co-host, Andrew Lindy. Welcome, Andrew.
1: Hello, great to be back.
0: Yeah, it's good to have you back. So, we'll go over a little bit about what happens in this minute. Uh, Flynn gets the news that Dillinger has shut down Group 7 access and that Dillinger knows what he's up to. Despondent for a second. Alan says if his Tron program was still running, it'd be different. And if Flynn announces that if he could get him inside, he could forge a Group 6 access I, I think to do this. that
1: that's this 7 and 6 business is very interesting.
0: I think so, too. Yeah, like We can talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. They leave the arcade, and we see Doctor Walter Gibbs and Dillinger talking across <laughs> Dillinger's obscene, <Yes>. enormous desk. <laughs> and that's uh, that's what happens in this minute. Yeah. So Group Seven and Group Six access. That's a strange order.
1: Yeah, and and it, it's I don't know if it, are we meant to understand that Group Six is higher uh, priority or higher you know confidentiality than seven, or is it just that they can get it. Well, and I, I, I almost wonder if it's just its a different group so they'll be able to access it because seven has been cut off.
0: Oh, like a sideways, like yeah. a lateral, mm-hmm. like it's just another group. Yeah. I never thought about it like that. I always thought that it was um, like like group one access is like the God code word that gets you into everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And, well, like,
1: I, I mean, I think at some point we do see uh, Alan... Uh, at his computer and he he types group seven like highest priority or something right yeah so i yeah i i never quite understood if group seven was if if it was like numbering down from seven seven was the the best and all the way down or if it was just group seven is part of different groups that are the highest priority yeah
0: Oh, very interesting, yeah. I thought that, because yeah, I thought that six would be higher than seven. I thought six was like a trump card on seven mm. because he can't forge a group six access password from outside the company because inside, it has to be inside mm. of the terminals. So that gives him access to something that he can lie and create and make something that's more powerful than a group seven yeah. access. But yeah, yeah, it could just be lateral. Like, just outside like of, of it, Twenty three, but yeah. there's 23 groups and they're just all doing different things. Like, like Group 6 is making, I don't know, aquarium software or actuarial fish research Mm -hmm. software, and then, like, Group 7 is making video games or something like that. I I kind of
1: wondered if Group 6 was what um, Dr. uh, Laura? What is...
0: Yeah, Yeah, Dr. Laura Baines. Yeah,
1: what what I wondered if Group 6 was her group, and Flynn's group is Group 7. So if, if... his he was saying, if you can get me in, I can forge an access on your level.
0: You know? yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. Because she, well, she would have access already, and I'm and I'm not entirely sure if Doctor Walter Gibbs is shut out by Group Seven because when he gets the news mm-hmm. in the earlier minute that Group Seven access has been revoked, he turns around. Well, there's a take of him going, "What? Yeah, like that's like that's horrifying." but I don't know if that means that he's been locked out. I think mm-hmm. he's just horrified that anybody's been locked out because well, that's not the type of company. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, because he's he seems to be, he's what, a co-founder of Encom? Yeah. Like he shouldn't yeah. be locked out of anything. He should have no. hypothetically the highest access to anything.
0: Yeah, and I think he does. So yeah, maybe it's just more of a philosophical thing for And him. And
1: the fact that he works with uh, Dr. Laura Baines. It it kind of makes you wonder if the simpler solution that they don't think of is you know now that Flynn has revealed uh, Dillinger's lies to Doctor Baines, why doesn't she just go to Doctor Gibbs? She seems to have good access and good friendship with him.
0: Yeah, they're like partners. Yeah. So yeah, so why does she? Run why? Off? That's a really good. That's a really. They're good
1: like point. we have to break in now. Like it, it, the the movie doesn't really have a um a ticking clock. It's not like, oh tomorrow, you know, Dillinger's presenting at the shareholders. Or no. tomorrow And that's something yeah.
0: that they cut they cut that. Like when we talk about the um the differences in the screenplay in the novel, there mm-hmm. is a there is a there's a ticking clock sentence in that okay. that got cut.
1: Yeah, I think that would make this make a lot more sense why they can't go through kind of a standard channel, why they have to hack in on their own
0: and i think it's also because she is dr walter gibbs is like she's she's like she's like the co-founder and president of this laser research yeah. project uh, that they work on mm-hmm. um but he's the boss yeah and i think going to the boss and saying i have to do something sneaky you know like we have to like forge access well, I, we have to like I, I, well they come up with the, yeah you're right they come up with the plan right there on the couch so uh-huh. she wouldn't be thinking that before I
1: I feel like she could just say to them hey say to Dr. Gibbs hey can you check out this file <laughs> can you go check and see you know if if uh what my friend is saying is true that got fired from here like
0: Yeah. Yeah. Know. Yeah that'd be a much much shorter it would be, movie yeah. but there's a couple there's a few like somebody else was saying yeah Like back in minute 13, I was, I wanted to come up with ideas about what's the unluckiest thing that could happen in this minute or in the movie. And the co-host at the time was talking about what if, what if Flynn was successful on his initial run? (laughs) Yeah, what if Clue made it? Yeah, like, like clue's like, got, got it. it. Like, okay, great. And then that's it. He never gets sucked into the computer. Yeah. It turns into like like a like a courtroom drama where they talk yeah. about rights. You I, know. I, I yeah. mean,
1: it's it's later in the movie, but I think one of the biggest, you know, the most unlucky thing is that the laser is pointed at the desk where he has to do his login.
0: That is the silliest setup. Like, why would you have this you know, like matter-destroying laser pointed Experimental... at the chair where people usually sit. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> like it's not, they don't like, even know if it works. <laughs> like the they make that orange uh, disappear uh, and then I, they never make it reappear.
0: No, they make it reappear, but it happens off camera. Yeah. Like you see it reassemble on, uh, on the little uh, monitor screen, but oh, you don't sure. see it happen in real life. Because yeah. that way, I mean, because I think they wanted to make the point that that if we flat out show that it's a transporter, Mm -hmm. then that turns it into like a a different movie. And we just need the de-resolution. We don't need the re-resolution. Yeah. But they are very happy when it gets reconstituted. They're like, "Whoa, sweet! That that turned out well." So (laughs) it is a bit of a surprise that they actually managed to put it back together. So, like having this disassembler just pointed at a terminal where people usually sit is remarkably. Especially when they are using
1: it on that orange, they're wearing like protective goggles, hazmat suits almost. Like they don't even know what (laughs) kind of radiation is going to come out of it. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Don't don't forget to check your moles, right? Uh, yeah, and uh, also in this scene, I like that it's like, again, Dr. Laura Baines is the one giving the cold, hard facts to Flynn, like not Alan. Like Alan's still playing catch-up. Like she's laying out the fact that Dillinger is on to him, which is like, I like that. Mm-hmm. In the background, we've got some Journey playing. We've got Only Solutions playing by Journey, one of the two Journey songs on the uh, the soundtrack there.
1: Now, is That is meant to be like playing in the arcade, right?
0: Yeah, that's the uh, what do you call it? Diegetic sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's meant to be just playing on the speakers. Yeah,
1: I, I think it would. Uh, this would not be a good apartment to try and live in while the arcade is running because yeah,
0: it's just too loud. Yeah, yeah, they have some problems filming in there because of the sound. <laughs> that makes complete sense. Like that's just yeah. I, I can't imagine even if um
1: you know if Flynn was like oh I'm gonna go take a nap like that's not gonna happen
0: <laughs> no it's not gonna happen no it's like, you got the only time you're getting any sleep is when everything's unblocked yeah. and it's like four in the morning that's the only time you're gonna get any sleep those places were noisy what is it uh oh uh, Journey's got a song in Tron Legacy oh yeah yeah the song Separate Ways is in Tron oh, Legacy. yeah the young Sam Flynn. Like, he turns on the power to his uh, Mm -hmm. father's abandoned arcade in separate ways is a really, like, sweet Journey song. And I wish, like, Journey has some banger hits, like some really, really excellent, excellent songs. I wish they could have used something more iconic for this movie. Mm. Because the songs we get are, they're both, they're both a swing and a miss. Like, like the other one, there's this one, Only Solutions, and the other one's just called 1990s Theme. Mm. (laughs) And it's just and it's almost like improv. It's just noodling around on guitar <laughs> and some drumming in the background, but there's not much going on. Yeah, right. But they could really they they could really they were really great at concert. I hear they could really power it out. Do you remember the first concert you ever went to?
1: Oh my goodness. Uh I mean, I'm not very into music. I I don't know. Uh whenever I tell people that I think or, that is.
0: Yeah that might be the first time i've ever heard anybody I, Yeah, whenever say i tell that, people you know, that
1: they're like, very
0: perplexed. They have no idea what i'm talking like, about. It's like somebody saying, "You know, i'm really great with names, but i'm horrible with faces." Like you're like, "You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know. I didn't know you existed." <laughs> um but the the funny thing
1: is the first uh concert that i went to was Red Hot Chili Peppers.
0: Oh, right. Uh, yeah, they had, put on a good show. I had
1: some friends who were very into them and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll go. Uh and it was a it was we made like a whole trip out of it. It was it was fun. Uh but I I don't think of myself as a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. <laughs> sure. I just I I thought, "Oh, this is fun. This is a, a an exciting time." I don't know. I just don't uh the the for me, I mean, I'm like a movie guy. Like I I um, yeah, I'm very into like the minutiae of movies, who makes movies, you know, all that kind of weird stuff. in a In a way that I think I just can't even do any of that for like music. Like, if any music I knowledge, it, not, any music knowledge that I have comes from movies. Eh.
0: Yeah, for sure, I can dig that. It's like, uh, like I can see, like I can't. Like with me in sports, like when people talk Mm -hmm. about how, oh, the legendary running back John McManus from the from the nineteen eighty seven lineup for half a year of the Chicago, you know, Jets or whatever. I just, I just, I shouldn't improv this kind of stuff because (laughs) obviously I have no idea what the heck I'm talking about.
1: How how little I know about sports, all that sounded right to me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, but it's like, like if somebody like I can't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday, but if you want to talk about like that obscure role like, Oh, did you ever see Jodie Foster in Candle Shoe? Yes. You know, or like whatever. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that, that was very nineteen seventy six it almost didn't get made because <laughs> that particular production company was going through financial troubles and this actor got switched at the last minute like I can like I can do that for days. Yeah. I can do that for days, yeah. but so if you sort of look at it like that, then it's uh, like some people have just uh what uh, whatever sucked you in in the first place of that particular thing is just like I imagine yeah. the concert was fun because you went with a group of friends, right uh, yeah,
1: yeah, totally, uh, and then I think I, that might be the only concert I've been to, oh
0: wow, think... real, wild, wow. yeah, I, I remember really, not yeah. liking. I remember going to concerts and being disappointed because I wanted what was on the CD. Ah, yeah, mm-hmm. and the live version was different, and I would mm-hmm. often be disappointed. So I was kind of <laughs> off concerts for a long time until I was living in I was living in Scotland for a while, and a friend of mine there just like went to concerts like weekly. You know, like oh. oh, you gotta come. I was like, ah. and then I sort of like got into it once I sort of realized that like, oh, it's supposed to be different. Like, it's not a disappointing thing. Yeah,
1: I th- I think if I went um. The, the closest thing that i've been to recently it wasn't a concert but it it i mean it had the kind of the air of it is uh there's this thing called emo night have you heard of it emo emo e, night emo night like no. like the music emo emo yeah yeah
0: yeah
1: <laughs> yeah it's uh it's a thing they do it in um around l a and i think they do they have one that they do in new york sometimes where so they just like... play
0: there's like a whole bunch of smashing pumpkins and stuff.
1: Yeah, I, d- I don't even think it's smashing pumpkins. It's more like My Chemical Romance and uh, oh I see yeah, okay. all that kind of stuff. But um, they just play it. I it, I think it, they did have some live, but it was not. It was like a cover band. Like it wasn't the actual. Okay. Bands. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I I was I had fun there because I recognized a lot of the songs. I, I think you yeah. can't like I I can't get through. You know I can't say I don't know all music i i've heard music in my life so sure I'm like oh i recognize sure that. sure sure. so so it's you have like, ears oh, right yeah i was like oh, okay that's that's kind of cool that they they did a and and i i can get into like a live performance like um it, it's just the the way it was staged and the way it, i was like oh this is very interesting what they're doing here yeah yeah they're just trying to get like this this crowd really hyped on music from like their teenage years you know
0: yeah yeah we have a lot of that here too. We have a lot of eighties nights mm-hmm. and, uh, and like a music uh, 90s nights. It's always, it's interesting to me when people talk about, Oh, the music that was popular when I was a teen, uh, that's the good stuff. But everything <laughs> else is, is garbage. I'm like, nah, nah, I don't know. I don't think that's true. You know, it's, like, it's the same people. Cause I have a lot of like, I, I yeah. think
1: people are the same with like TV shows. They're like, Oh, TV. When I was a kid. Oh, it was great. Oh, uh, what is, what are all these shows now?
0: <clears throat> yeah. And they're talking about Leave It to Beaver or they're talking about <laughs> yeah. like like Hogan's Heroes or something like that. Gilligan's yeah, Island. Yeah. It's like, like Gilligan's okay. Island, yeah. Like why can't they make good TV like that anymore? Like, uh-huh. like uh yeah, wow, no. Like go back and watch it. It's really bad. But I guess you're you're laugh at anything when you're seven, so Uh-huh. <laughs> Alright. I also like in this minute that Flynn, when he gets the news that Dillinger is onto him he just he folds. He's like, well, that's it then. You know, Dillinger and the MCP are gonna run things from on high. Mm-hmm. Shoot, I'm boned. You know, he just like he just like gives yeah. up and that's it. The end. He just go back to like running the arcade into the ground in that '96 <laughs> yeah. before doing before doing something else. What else do you think Flynn would do if he didn't if he didn't do this? Huh? Like if he didn't like if this failed? Yeah. Let's say. They went to NCOM, They didn't get caught, but they also didn't find their their objective. And yeah. then in the morning, they were like, "Well, shoot, what else do you think well, Flynn would do?"
1: I, I almost think I mean maybe he would he would ride the arcade out, but then like you said, it would it would end up you know not making enough money, and he would have to close it down. But but I almost think you know why doesn't he try and go to another company? With his ideas, with his programming. I, I wonder if um, Dillinger didn't, you know, send out some kind of memo to every other company saying like, oh, this guy is bad or, you know, he's, yeah. not, he's not all that he says he is. Because I would almost hope... Kind of like,
0: like you'll yeah. never work in this town again kind mm-hmm. of thing.
1: Because I, I, I almost hope that he would find a way to, even if it took him, you know, a couple of years, find a way to get into another big name a company and you know, show show them that he's he can do what everything that he says he can do.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah. But that that's that a would good be.
1: One. Yeah, that's kind of the long tail where he's just kind of he he bums around for five years or so until finally he gets you know the starter position uh, at some kind of one of these companies, and then he can show them what he's got.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because I was like I was thinking about like like I don't know if he's like a limitless potential kind of Mm. guy or if he would just end up like surfing on the coast for a few (laughs) years while, you know, being a server or Mm. something like that. Like it's sort of like, he's he's sort of a Ferris Bueller kind of character Mm. sort of.
1: I I think, I mean, if you, if you take into account kind of what we see here and kind of what's in Tron legacy, I think he is a limitless potential kind of guy. He's a big idea kind of guy. And I think that might be his one thing that's stopping him from going to another company is because he would just think I'm going to get screwed over again.
0: He might be that kind of. Yeah, like he would be shy of ever going back to another corporation because of how mm. he got treated by Angom. He might be like, Yep, forget it. Unless I start my own company, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, I'm never working for the man again because that would be like, that's how you get bone. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. He for would sure. keep
1: asking uh, Laura and Alan for money. He'd be like, yeah, <laughs> come on, another, hey, another $5,000 and I can start this business and really take off
0: it's gonna be great you're gonna oh you're just the profits you'll see they're gonna be amazing in two to five years i yeah, just need another five grand today yeah for sure yeah i don't know like i sort of think that if he could like is he like and also is he thirsty for revenge like is he being consumed with mm. the need for revenge because he could spend the time that he spent hacking into Encom, he could spend that programming more games but it seems like he's really obsessed with trying to get back into Encom. I guess yeah. also, like, how long ago did he get fired? That's a question I that I haven't really asked. I... Has he been huh. struggling I... with this arcade for, like, two years? Or has it been, like, six months? I thought know? it was
1: closer to six months, like less than a year.
0: Okay. Yeah. That puts a different time frame on it. In my head, it's always been quite a while. Hmm. But I guess realistically, it could have been, like, it might not have been that long. Mm-hmm. Well, because I think, like, I sort of like in my head, I figured he like built that arcade up from the ground. So in oh. my head, subconsciously, I believe that he got that space, got the machines, and this is like his new venture. Hmm. But he could have just, he could have just that... could have just taken it over.
1: That actually makes a lot more sense because it is. I mean, it's called Flynn's, which he could have just renamed. Yeah. an arcade that was already there. Yeah, uh, but that kind of makes sense as that was his. he he got out of this company and he fell back on this kind of hmm that's very interesting yeah yeah, because i i think i think there is a line of dialogue somewhere within the film where they say how long the mcp has been running and i i would Uh, think that the mpc came about when flynn was leaving the company right i thought that was less than a year
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have to keep an eye out for that one. I'm not sure if they went, like when they mentioned exactly how long the MCP's been up and running, but but it hasn't been, I think it's been less than a year. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. And then Alan says, uh, not if my Tron program was still running. And they were, like, at least like, they were like talking about how they were, like, screwed. And he was, like, not if my Tron program was still running. Yeah, Tapping his glasses to a lips. He's always chewing on the arms of his glasses. He really uses those yeah. glasses. He's always, like, whipping them off to make a point. He's always, <laughs> like, chewing on the tips when he's got them playing around with his lips all the time. I,
1: I do think the way that this, um, kind of this and the last minute, the way that they're shot are very strange. It, it kind of, um, it's a bunch of close-ups, intense close-ups on these uh, actors, and uh, I, I just feel like that that loses something that you could have from all of them kind of playing off of each other.
0: Yeah, and I, it's like there's a, there is a few wide shots in there that are really nice, but you're right, mm-hmm. it's all it's all close-ups. And in the director's commentary, it's mentioned that filming in those low light conditions, the 60 millimeter, the focus plane mm-hmm. is super super short, mm-hmm. and you can sort of see it in like Dr. Laura Baines and Cindy Morgan moves. Just a little bit closer to the camera, or just a yeah. little bit further away, and she goes in and out of focus. Mm-hmm. So they actually had music stands stuck up the backs of their jackets, oh holding well, like holding them in place. So like just <laughs> like like don't move. You know <laughs> this is this is where you have to be, or you're gonna wreck the focus. So it's so challenging as an actor because they're braced in place, mm-hmm. and and you still have to emote strongly and talk about like r- register discuss and register your passion for like breaking into the building, like come to conclusions, but you've got to do it in a way where, yeah, but don't move. Just, I, just be rigid.
1: That's really fascinating to hear, Cause I, I had always kind of thought that the, the live action parts, well, live action, quote unquote, the parts in the real world yeah. uh, kind of fell flat because to me, I always imagined that the director, uh, Steven Leisberger was Way more into filming the computer world, and so when he was filming the computer world, he was like on top of it. He had a very clear vision of what he wanted. But then when it came to filming the real world, he kind of didn't quite know how to stage those. He was kind of, you know, you know, set people up, but didn't know how to how to shoot their reactions. So that's well, that was kind of it's possible, yeah,
0: it's possible. Like he wasn't uh, a, like super experienced director in terms of live action because he owned yeah. an animo an animation mm. company and then he got the the moment to do this because he was so passionate he got the chance to direct this and I'm sure he had a lot of help but yeah it, it'd be it'd be easy to see that all the live action stuff is second unit or some sort of you know like he just kind of best guessed his way through it yeah. and it was really really. Into that well, because I think well, I think a lot more planning went into the inside the computer world yes. stuff. Yes. Yes. And like, by its very nature, they had to map everything out exactly because of the post production work that was going to get put into it. I. So that's yeah, probably I, why.
1: And I had I haven't seen any of his. He did like three other movies after Tron, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I and I haven't seen any of. Those there's I think there's a John Cusack movie in there that I may have seen part of on TV once, but but yeah I I just wondered if that you know if if any of those have the what I would think of as the similar problems to these live action shots of Tron where it's kind of the staging seems a little off.
0: Yeah, yeah, I wonder. I'm gonna look them up right now. and we will see. That's cardinal sin, but I'm curious. <laughs> Director. Five, he's got five director credits he's got two animations before this he did Anim Olympics which mm-hmm. I got on DVD and I was like oh I gotta check that out and uh, <laughs> hot, yeah Slipstream oh Slipstream, Slipstream in 1989 Mark Hamill yeah I used to work in a video store and this was always <laughs> one of those movies that I never actually got around to seeing but okay yeah he did Slipstream mm-hmm. in 89 and Hot Pursuit in, 19, in 1987, and that's a John Cusack. Oh, and Robert Loggia. Ooh, nice, and Jerry Stiller. God, that looks like that would be pretty hilarious. Mm-hmm. Dan arrives too late for his girlfriend's family plane to the Caribbean. He gets the <laughs> next one. Once there, Dan's hot pursuit of his girlfriend includes three friendly locals, a dubious yacht skipper, corrupt police, hijacker, and pirates. Oh, man. yeah, This looks like a, a delightful John Cusack romp. <laughs> That's around the same time as a uh, sure thing and one crazy summer and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah.
1: I, I wasn't there at some point that he was trying to, he wanted to direct Tron legacy, but he ended up just, just producing it because
0: I, I think they didn't trust him. You know, that's not entirely unbelievable, you know, yeah.
1: which I, yeah. Saying that they didn't trust him. Isn't saying that I, I don't think he could have, couldn't have done it. I think they thought he couldn't have done it. I think yeah. he had, a, I think, yeah, I think he really... He is the vision behind Tron, so... Uh, he really is, he, and he I really... He probably could uh, have.
0: I think he could have, and I would have liked to have seen him have a stronger hand, because I think Legacy fell short in the story aspect. I think I think yeah. they nailed the look of the music, which is no small feat, which is incredible. Yeah, it's I, a wonderful film to for, watch.
1: For, I, for as little as I know about music, I was like, oh, Daft Punk is perfect for Tron Legacy, and yeah. they, they, you know... They made like thirty percent of that film, like the goodness of it.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I think they did like thirty percent the look, thirty percent the music, and then it kind of the writing was was a little iffy. And I would have liked to have seen Steven Lisberger have more of a. Um, in a lot of ways, *Wreck-It Ralph* too is the sequel to *Tron* that I yeah. wanted. That you know, yeah. that's that's a that's the sequel to *Tron* that I wanted. A lot of them, I wanted them to go into the internet, mm. and I really I really enjoyed wreck it ralph 2 i think i liked it a bit more than record oh, that's one. interesting yeah
1: i i i think that was my problem with wreck it ralph 2 was that when they go to the internet i feel like there's nothing like what what is stopping them now there's nothing stopping them yeah i i kind of like the small scope of the first wreck it ralph where it's like okay we're inside of an arcade what does that look like when, once you go to the, the... internet it's completely limitless it's yeah. too much <laughs> and that's
0: what i always uh that's what i always dislike about movies where a rogue sentient ai gets into the internet like mm-hmm. in age of ultron in the avengers or oh yeah or with a transcendence with johnny depp or whatever oh god yeah. whatever there's a movie where uh a giant godlike ai what's that tipping point called of technology the the, the, oh, singularity. the uh, yeah, singularity yeah whatever yeah. the singularity comes up they make it into the internet and i'm like well that's it then like mm-hmm. the movie's over yeah. he's in he's in the internet like or that's it game over it's finished and then like they defeat him but i never believe it they're like no you didn't yeah you did know you didn't well, that, like, <laughs>
1: like... that is the weird thing about um uh, Age of Ultron spoilers for Age of Ultron yeah. spoiler spoiler <laughs> hasn't, spoiler
0: for Age of Ultron
1: the, like one of the last things in Age of Ultron is uh, Vision is talking to like the last Ultron bot before he destroys him yeah and he's like I've defeated you and the Ultron bots like no you haven't I'm always I'm I'm here somewhere and it's yeah. kind of like that's the truth of it like I, I also can't help but imagine uh, given the way that they characterize Ultron in Age of Ultron that before they You know, quote unquote, defeat him that because he had access to the internet, he didn't just change like all of their Wikipedia pages to say mean things about them. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like in a yeah. millisecond, like just suddenly, yeah. like every time you go to edit, it just gets corrected back yeah. like a millisecond it's later. Like, Iron I love Man that idea. is a big idiot.
1: <laughs> he cries because his parents died. Boo <laughs> <I> hoo! <hear, laughs>
0: I hear he picks his nose constantly.
1: <laughs> Captain America farts in his sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that it's, would be so awesome! Yeah. But that yeah, that's exactly the idea of like once once an AI hits the internet, yeah, it's too it's too much. It's you can't come back from that
0: yeah but to me, having clue in legacy go after everybody's lodge codes and bank records mm-hmm. is a lot scarier than him trying to invade the real world through that little exit yeah i I try to make troops appear in Flynn's basement and somehow take over earth like that's just that's a really dumb plan that's not even <laughs> that's not gonna work, yeah, but maybe that's the point anyway, anyway, but this is not <laughs> yeah, the legacy they... minute no. Yeah.
1: I assume that you will get to the Tron legacy.
0: I'm thinking about it like I really, uh. like the movie is, it didn't rock my world, mm. and so I don't know if I'd want to go into it one minute at a time. But the more it comes up in relation to this movie, the more I want to take a closer look to it at it because I really did enjoy the experience of watching mm-hmm. it. I just found it some of the choices frustrating. Uh, some of the choices I found to be yeah. frustrating. i like, always like to that would be something, that would give me something to talk about. So I don't know. I might. I might. Tentatively, maybe. We'll see. Mm-hmm. It's early days on this one, so we'll see. We'll see. Maybe when I'm at Mevin 75 of this movie, I'll be like, ruining the day I ever started this project, but we'll see how <laughs> it goes. So far, I'm having a good time. So anyway, they all have a wonderful... Hey, wait a minute moment. Like a, mm-hmm. it's like a Doctor Who or a Star Trek where they're just like, there's no way they could get past those shields unless you know like <laughs> yeah. a, and then like a stream of like, you know technical whatever falls out like what are those moments? Or yeah very it's very believable.
1: It's the the moment when a character says something and another character goes, wait a minute, what did you say? Yeah,
0: yes. <laughs> say that again. Yeah. All I said was the sun comes up in the morning oh morning yes yes morning morning <laughs> day won't be till six o'clock yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like one of those uh, yeah and then flynn manages to he says he could forge a group six access from inside Encom as we we're saying so i thought that meant that six is higher than seven which i guess would mean that dillinger must have a group two access and or a group one access if we're going by that logic but but and i guess dr walter gibbs too
1: no, I wonder if uh if whatever Dylan has access to is all through the MCP. Yeah. If he's, if it he's looks kind like, of it he's like going it. outside of he's going outside of the access groups altogether.
0: Yeah. I he's think kind so. of like
1: yeah, going straight to the source.
0: Yeah, he's kind of got a God mode kind of thing mm-hmm. happening over there. It'd be wild if you could have that sort of access to your own in your own life in the real world. There's a movie coming out soon. Well, not soon. It's in a little while. Well, at the time of this recording, it's not coming out till next year. It's got Ryan Reynolds in it where he's a NPC in a video game.
1: Oh, I kinda heard about and that. The,
0: yeah. And he doesn't know it. And then one day he finds out. Like he's like an NPC in Grand Theft Auto or something like that. Mm-hmm. So he just in his mind he just lives in a really violent world. So yeah. he's like, wait a second. This is a video game. So I assume I assume he has he gets access to programmer powers and cheat codes and stuff like that.
1: That's interesting uh because i it, it, just thinking about that now that kind of reminds me of um i don't know if you follow comics at all oh i do there's yeah. that character uh gwenpool right yeah for sure where uh she well, wasn't her origin that she was like just a, a random character in a comic and then she realizes wait i'm in a comic book if i put on yeah. a costume i can't die
0: <laughs> that's right that's right that's right so yeah, yeah she's very meta i love that i love the way they did that like it was like because what was it She's sort of a a take on Spider Gwen, right? Yeah, and also like but also uh, Deadpool, but also Deadpool, that's, and that's I love her yeah. like her costume. I've seen a lot of people cosplaying as her at cons. That mm-hmm. is such a cool costume, such a bold costume. Yeah, but uh, it makes me wonder what like like what would cheat codes look like in our lives? You know.
1: Hmm. Well, when you start talking about cheat codes in the real life, then you're talking about the Matrix. <laughs> You gotta go find yeah you're talking you gotta go about... find a pay phone and and uh, put in the right number and then they'll take you they'll give you the ability to know kung fu
0: I saw a comic recently that was like you know like the little silicate gel packs uh-huh. that oh come yeah and, yeah uh, like do not eat it says on it and then someone says oh, I wonder what happens if you if you do and he, he eats it and then he wakes up and ah you've gotten past the simulation welcome to the real yeah. world like like that's the key uh-huh. <laughs> but I know in the in the cartoon tron uprising yeah there was a character that was an investigator and he had cheat codes oh like he was modeled to look kind of a little bit like carl sagan (laughs) which i really liked and he would uh and he could sort of look somewhere and then like footprints would show up on the ground
1: oh
0: yeah right or or he could get like past security very easily because he had all these uh sort of cheat codes that he had like he was like a security program, and I just, I just conceptually, I cannot get enough of that, and I'd like to see more of that. I really hope they make more Tron properties, I, movies, TV shows, whatever.
1: I, yeah, I never watched uh, Tron Uprising, but I, I always thought it sounded like a really neat, like the look of it was really cool. That's uh, fantastic for animation. Yeah, and then isn't um doesn't Paul Rubens play like the Michael Sheen character from Legacy?
0: I think he does. Yeah.
1: Yeah, which is uh, you know, uh, Paul Rubens is in. Dunstan checks in. <laughs> so oh, is got, he? Oh, I, fantastic! Yeah, I've got to. I, I've always got to keep an eye out for, you know, whenever someone from my my movie by minute is in some other thing.
0: Yeah, definitely. I love yeah. it. Like I love it when he shows up. As I'm like, oh, good. Like he was. I liked him in. What was that? I think it was the Johnny Depp movie where he was the coke dealer. Oh my was it god, just called Blow. I think it was just called Blow. I I've, I've never seen Blow, but yeah. Like Paul Rubens plays a drug dealer on the West Coast selling like tons and tons of weed and he ends up hook, hook uh, hooking up with Johnny Depp. And Johnny Depp it gets us like that's the stepping stone that Johnny Depp uses to get higher up in the drug lord food chain or whatever. Oh but Paul Rubens plays this awesome drug dealer character, very flamboyant, and he's called Derek for Real. <laughs> <laughs> that's his character's name. Derek for real. I'm like, uh, oh that's just like the best character name. Anyway. I like in this minute that it's Doctor Laura Baines who says, Shall we dance? and dangles up the car keys yeah like she's the one who says how about right now you know like let's go mm-hmm. and it's another nod to her capability like and she's driving well and then like and like mo- in movies usually it's always the dudes who drive but
1: well and that's her van right we see in a in an earlier minute she's the one who drives up with alan to the arcade i believe yeah is but her it van. says
0: uh it says and come on the well side. yeah she
1: but it's her her personal use van or whatever you want to call it like work her work van
0: Yeah, sure. I I imagine it was just like 50 NCOM vans downstairs and they could just go punch in your code and and just drive one.
1: The van, I thought, I was like, this is so big. Is this meant to, like, are they, you know, like moving their computer servers from like place to place? Yeah. Like why? Yeah.
0: Yeah, why would they have? It's almost like that
1: kind of a van.
0: Well, I, I sort of thought that because of the laser project, that it might have been based on another type of corporation that has their fingers in a lot of pies, mm-hmm. which I think lends more credence to your idea of Group Seven and Group Six. There's like 28 groups, yes. and it's like it's not a hierarchical ladder at all. It's just there's just a bunch of groups. So I mm-hmm. think that the computer games one w- wouldn't need a big black van, but the Laser Project one might if they could bring in like a cooling plant or something like that with huge pieces. Uh, So the differences in the novel and the screenplay, the novel, yeah, not much of a difference. In the screenplay, there's a little... Oh, yeah, this is the ticking clock thing we were talking Mm. about. Mm -hmm. In the screenplay, after Dr. Laura Baines says that Dillinger is on to Flynn, Flynn says, boy, I bet I know who's working late tonight. And Alan's like, Dillinger? And Flynn says, yeah, trying to find the file and erase it. Oh. Once that's gone, nothing can stop him. Just Eddie and his master control program, running things from on high. Just an echo of the line that made it into yeah. the film. But then Dr. Laura Bain says, don't even say that. You've got to find that file before he does. And then Flynn says, well, not much chance of that now. The huh. MCP can just slip it into another system as soon as it locates it. And that's when Alan says, not if my Tron program was running. And then we get back to the scene as it plays out. So there's this inference that like, yeah, like Dillinger's hunting for it right now. Like we have to get there right now, racing to it and race him That actually,
1: I I like that a lot because uh, you would think, why wouldn't he delete it before? But I think Dillinger wouldn't think to delete that until it became a problem. And it became a problem when he realized that Flynn is trying to break in from the outside. Yeah. So that's that's kind of a good line of, of thinking.
0: That's, that's, yeah, I, I wonder like if, I don't know why, I don't know why they cut that. Hmm. But they had to they had to shoot this scene twice to change mm-hmm. some dialogue. So I wonder if that was one of the things that got cut out. Because right now it mm. seems kind of like impulsive, you yeah. know. They're like, hey, I'm not doing anything right now. Let's drive to NGOM, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> I guess that takes us up to the end of minute 23. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go over where people can find you if they want to hear more of you? Uh,
1: yes. As I hinted at, I am the host of Dunstan Checksman, uh, the podcast that breaks down the 1996 ape film Dunstan Checks In minute by minute, and we pair each minute with another feature film. Uh, that's that's just for fun, because sometimes watching a minute of Dunstan Checks In is uh, torturous, and we <laughs> just watch another movie entirely. And and uh, But it, it makes some fun... You know, there's some fun comparisons in there. Uh, so you can you can find that on uh, any podcast app that you like to use uh, or at Benview Network.com slash Dunstan. Uh, and then I do some other podcasts uh, Nothing New, a roommate podcast. Uh, my co host and I talk about film remakes uh, once a month. Uh, check that out, Benview Network.com slash Nothing New. Uh, and then another show that I do is called It's on My List. Uh, it's me and five friends get together and talk about movies that people say you should see. Uh, you can find that at it's on listpod.com, And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at podcasterandrew.
0: Excellent. And if you want to get in touch with us, check out more at com. Drop us a line on Twitter at speaking. Send us an email at speaking at gmail.com. Or join us on Facebook at the chronologically Speaking Minute by Minute listeners page. Uh, shout out to Pond5. And shout out to Star Wars Minute that started it all. Go on over to moviesbyminutes.com and take a look at the list of movies that are there because there's a lot and it's growing. And it's a wonderful, bottomless well of content for you to listen to if you like listening to podcasts. And uh, if your favorite movie isn't there, consider doing one yourself because it's a wonderfully inclusive, encouraging community and it's a lot of fun to do. Do you you, want to say a little end of line on three? Okay. Oh, sure. One, two, three. End, End of line. line. <laughs>